Hello and welcome to the 17th episode of the Offseason Champions Podcast. I'm Sean and this is a podcast dedicated to the Washington Redskins. Guys, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to bury the lead. The news, the big news, the Washington Redskins have fired Jay Gruden as head coach. After a disappointing week five loss to the New England Patriots, Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen, the rest of this front office met last night, called Jay Gruden in around 5 a.m. this morning and released him of all head coaching duties. About 45 minutes later, it was announced Bill Callahan would be taking over as interim head coach. Now this is huge news. I was talking about this for the last couple weeks. I think this team desperately needed coaching change. We're going to get into all that and more. So before we get into the coaching changes, let's talk about this New England game. Redskins pick up their fifth L of the year. Five consecutive losses to start 2019, bringing the team to 0-5. This was an ugly game. I think everyone was on the same page. We all expected it. Bill Belichick, one of the best coaches all time in this league. Tom Brady, one of the best quarterbacks all time in this league. And a defense who is putting up legendary numbers this season. We didn't really stand a chance. And I predicted the team would lose 34 to 7 to 10. Uh, we lost 33 to 7. Colt McCoy, Jay Gruden's number one choice for this game, the quarterback that supposedly gave us the best chance to win, went 18 for 27. 119 yards and one interception. I mean, I don't even know when he put up 119 yards. It was an ugly game for Colt McCoy. He was under pressure nearly the entire game. Um, never got into rhythm, never got into a flow. He looked lost out there at times. It was an ugly, ugly, ugly game. Um, Terry McLaurin back in action this week he had three receptions for 51 yards Chris Thompson had five receptions for 17 yards Jeremy Sprinkle two receptions for 17 Trey Quinn three for 15 and Paul Richardson two for 14 I mean abysmal receiving numbers and again don't get me wrong this Patriots defense was ridiculous but the Colt McCoy just came out flat came out lame and There was no adjustments. They never did anything to make him more comfortable in the pocket. Um, He came out unprepared. He hasn't played, really, since December of last year. Uh, This offseason, he played a little bit, but went out with an injury, and it just showed. He had no timing with these receivers. Um, Granted, he was missing two huge targets in Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis, but the rest of the receivers were out there, and... He just couldn't make it happen. Uh, Just a pretty ugly game all around for the Redskins. Passing game was not great. Um, 
Colt McCoy, I don't know exactly how many sacks he had, but too, too many. Um, just didn't look comfortable. He, a rushing game, non-existent again. Um, Steven Sims on sort of a, I don't even know what you want to call it, kind of a gimmicky play, put up 65 yards on one carry and scored our only touchdown on the day was a running play. Um, and again, he probably should have been stopped 15, 20 yards down the field, but a couple Patriots missed a tackle. He broke it, 65-yard touchdown. After Sims, Wendell Smallwood, six carries, 27 yards. Chris Thompson, four carries for 21 yards. And Adrian Peterson, seven carries, 18 yards. And I should say Colt McCoy did have two carries for 14 yards. But again, our running game, non-existent. Got away from it early. Um, yeah, just just crazy. Uh, the total, it's 18 carries from all of our uh, running backs combined. Um, Patriots are good. They are really good. And our guy, Colt McCoy, went out, uh, had two fumbles, I believe he recovered both of them and the interception. Um, I mean, I, there's nothing good to say about this offense. We came out, we came out lame, and again, there was no adjustments, no changes. We started slow, we remained slow. Uh, I'm not sure who came up with it, but someone came up with a stat. They didn't even get into the red zone the entire game. There was was no red zone play at all from the Redskins this game. Just ugly, ugly game. Defense, uh, I mean, 33-7, to it kind of speaks volumes right there. I will say our front seven came out very strong early on. They looked good at the beginning of this game. Um, but at a certain point, it just got away from us. Cole Holcomb put up eight sacks, eight tackles. Landon Collins, seven tackles. Josh Norman, six. Um, John Allen had a sack. Matt Ioannidis had a sack, Deron Payne had a sack, Tim Settle had a sack, and Ryan Kerrigan, uh, I believe, split a sack. So, again, our defense started strong, but there was no adjustments, no changes. Once the Patriots started to run the ball uh, in the second half, we did nothing to stop them. And, again, this game got out of hand. Uh, yeah, 33-7. to New England put up 442 total yards on the day to Redskins, 220. Um, Tom Brady alone put up 312 yards passing to Colt McCoy's 75 yards. Um, Tom Brady, I'm sorry, New England had 130 rushing yards to Washington's 145. But again, you got to remember 65 of that came from Steven Sims. Um, Redskins lost one fumble. Both teams threw an interception. Uh, Monte Nicholson had a nice interception on the half-yard line. Um, but again, a takeaway is a takeaway, so good on him. Uh, Washington gave up six sacks on the day, which is crazy, crazy. Colt McCoy was under pressure all day. Uh, on the flip side of that, again, New England gave up four, and I believe up to this point, Tom Brady hadn't been sacked. If I, I might have that correct. I'm not sure. But again, that's good. They are finally putting pressure, and I guess maybe there's coaching adjustments on that D-line. I'm not sure, 
but there was pressure. They got to Tom Brady. He was he was good. Uh, he had a good day, but they definitely got some pressure to him, and he felt it. For the first time in the last five weeks, our third down efficiency is below 60. Uh, New England's third down efficiency percentage is 33%. The flip side of that, however, was that our third down efficiency was terrible. Redskins' third down efficiency was at 9%. Um, penalties, again, not a ton. Redskins had six, New England had seven, but they just came at terrible times. Every time we seemed to get something going, a holding penalty, we'd be back at first and 20. I think at one point there was three penalties in a row, and we it, we just couldn't get anything started. It was a tough, tough game for this team, this team in general. Again, the front seven showed up in a big way early on, but just couldn't maintain it. Um, offense was just very inconsistent, could not piece anything together. And again, third down, an issue. Even though we stopped uh, New England, we couldn't maintain drives. We couldn't keep our flow going. Uh, for this game, Case Keenum was inactive. Josh Harvey Clemens inactive. Aaron Colvin, Ross Pierce Baker, Brandon Sheriff, and both Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed inactive. Those are some big names. Um, but I guess it is what it is. This game brought us to 0-5 and pushed this front office past its limits. Um, Mitch Tischler reported last night that both Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder left the game almost immediately afterwards uh, in a car together, presumably going back to Ashburn to discuss what the next steps would be. I believe the decision was made last night to cut Gruden. Uh, They reached out to uh, Bill Callahan, asked him if he'd be interested, gave him a couple hours to think about it, and asked Jay Gruden to be in the building at 5 a.m. for a meeting. Uh, Jay kind of knew this was coming. He had to have known this was coming. He knew he was in the hot seat. And he even said in his presser at the end of the game, um, if my key still works Monday, I'll keep working. I mean, at a certain point, you have to know it's coming. And again, he's had a mediocre tenure here. Jay Gruden has kind of been the 50-50 man. You know, it's 8-8. Eight and eight. Nine and seven, seven and nine, seven and nine. One trip to the playoffs. I mean, it, he just didn't get it done. He didn't get the job done. And I don't want to say it's long overdue. They did give him every opportunity to produce. Uh, even with last year's falling apart midseason, this team gave Jay Gruden a lot of opportunities. He finished his tenure here, 35 wins, 49 losses, and one tie. One playoff appearance in the last six years. You know, Jay Gruden was the longest tenured coach under Dan Snyder since he's owned this team as six years, really five and uh, a month years. It's crazy. Uh, It's crazy that it had to happen like this. I mean, an own five start is inexcusable. There's a lot of talent on this team. And they're just coming up flat. There just seems to be Nothing being done week to week to improve the quality of play from these players. So the team made the decision. They said the same thing I'm saying. It's inexcusable to be owned five, and it's an organizational 
everyone in the organization's fault. But at the end of the day, Jay Gruden is the head coach. And it all comes down to him. Bill Callahan promoted as interim head coach. Uh, you know, when I first heard the announcement, it's, I thought, you know, this makes sense. This guy is our, our uh, assistant head coach already. Um, one of our most senior guys on the team. And he's had previous head coaching experience with the Raiders. And as much as I like the idea of Kevin O'Connell coming in and taking over as head coach and almost auditioning for this job for the 2020 season, I kind of get it. You don't want to put put it out there, let him become interim head coach, and then have to have him interview for the job and bring in all these other candidates next year. And again, really, what, is, what has Kevin O'Connell done? He's been in the league. Uh, he's been coaching in this league for 40 years. This is his first year as offensive coordinator. He's five games in. And, you know, maybe he's not ready for the head coaching responsibilities. Being a head coach comes with a ton of pressure, a ton of responsibilities. And if we really want to see what this guy has and what he's capable of, maybe it makes the most sense just to leave him as offense coordinator, give him play call and control. It's it's kind of a double-edged sword. I see it from both sides. I like the idea of O'Connell coming in and, and kind of, just taking over, taking complete control and having it all lie on his shoulders and just seeing what he has. But I also, it can be overwhelming. And I see giving it to Callahan, he's got a lot of poise uh, in his press conference. He was very calm, had a lot of poise. Uh, I didn't agree with a lot of what he said, but well, let's get into that. So Bill, Bill Callahan's press conference this afternoon Um he started with saying this team isn't running the ball enough. This is a running team. And, you know, I don't know how that's going to work. He's been in charge of this run game for the last five weeks. And I believe they're the worst in the league at the moment. Uh, they've done nothing since the beginning of this year. And to say we're going to just pound it even harder, if we haven't had success so far, what are we going to do differently that is going to lead to success. I, I, I'm i sure there's a plan, and I'm sure he's going to call things or ask O'Connell to call things differently, but I just haven't seen the success there yet. And you really need to capture the success of what's working. You have to figure out what's working, capture that, and you know model your offense off of what this team can do and what they can produce. Um. O'Connell, I'm sorry, Bill Callahan during his press conference this morning said Kevin O'Connell would be taking over all play calling responsibilities, uh, which is great. And he mentioned that Greg Minuski will be keeping his job. And I believe, I think at the time he said he'll be keeping his job for the moment or something along those lines for now, which leads me to believe, you know, this was just a huge change. Losing your head coach, putting an interim head coach in, you don't want to do too much, especially in a game week. We have Miami coming or going to Miami this weekend, and you can't have this much change all in one week. I eventually feel like Greg Minuski will lose the job. Maybe it'll go to Rob Bryan. Maybe it'll go to Tom Sula. Um, but maybe it's just too much for one day. I also feel like maybe that's the reason Bruce Allen is still employed by this team. I will get into Bruce a little bit later. I want to talk a little bit more about Callahan. Uh, when asked about who would be starting quarterback this week and if Callahan felt an obligation to 
you know, get Haskins out there at this point. He said no, uh, that Haskins still needs time to develop. And this week, uh, Haskins would be the number three. He wasn't sure whether it would be McCoy or Keenum, but Haskins would not be playing, um, which is astounding to me. It, it, it befuddles me thoroughly because I, I just do not understand the mindset here. We're 0-5. We have a quarterback we drafted number 15 overall. We need to know what this kid has. At what point do you say, okay, well, this season is what it is. We're Again, we're 0-5. We're not going to go on an 11-game winning streak and maybe have a shot at the playoffs at 11-5. There's no way this team's going to do that. I'm sure they're going to eke out some wins, and I'm sure... There's going to be some bit, some change, uh, some fundamental change with these players and the coaches that remain and the way these games are getting called. I, I, I think there's going to be change, and I think there's going to be some wins. But at what point do you say the season's lost? And if the season's lost, what is what does this team gain by trotting out Colt McCoy and Case Keenum? What, what do we gain as an organization by having those players out there and what do we lose by not having Dwayne Haskins start in these games the biggest knock on this kid coming out of college was that he didn't have the experience he started one year at Ohio State and he needs time to develop and he needs time to learn the game at an NFL level what better way to learn at an NFL level than to play at an NFL level it is crazy to me to not have Dwayne Haskins fully start, fully game plan, and start these games. He strikes me as the type of kid that he learns from in-game experience. He learns from hands-on experience. What kind of experience is he going to gain watching Colt McCoy put up 119 yards or Case Keenum throw two, three picks? He seems like the type of kid. Dwayne Haskins seems like the guy, kind of guy that needs to throw those interceptions himself, to have those bad games himself, to learn from those mistakes and to make adjustments in his game and further develop by playing and gaining experience. I just, it seems like an archaic notion to say, well, we're going to trot Case, Mc, uh, Case Keenum out there or Colt McCoy out there because they give us the best shot to win. At this point, who cares about winning this season? I know these players work very hard. And I know every single player on that team has dedicated their entire life to getting to this NFL level. But at a certain point, this franchise and this organization, they need to figure out what they are going to be and what they have on this team already. You drafted Dwayne Haskins, number 15 overall. All circles in the NFL, everyone believes that this kid has the potential to be a franchise quarterback. When is he going to get that experience? Who is he going to learn from? Case Keenum? Cole McCoy? I mean, honestly, put him out there. Let him get his shot. Let him get his experience. Let him get all the trouble out of the way on the season that's already, for all intents and purposes, lost. Let him make the mistakes and let him learn from those mistakes. Let him gain the experience and then have an entire 11 games under his belt, an entire offseason in 2020 
to build a rapport with a new head coach, to build a further rapport with these receivers and the new receivers we bring in and the new offensive line that we bring in. It just seems to make so much sense that we should start him now and allow him to get some (laughs) continuity with the players that are on this team and build a rapport with these players because a lot of them are going to be around next year. And yes, there will be a lot of new players, but why wait? I just don't understand the notion of having him wait. And again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Callahan is just a little overwhelmed. By the time he had his press conference, he had been head coach for eight hours. So maybe he was a bit overwhelmed. And the whole Haskins situation, when to start him, when not to start him, he just didn't want to tackle this week. He wants to get a game plan together. He wants to get his culture going with his team and with these players. And we'll see what happens next week. And I hope that's the case. I hope that they're all kind of just a little bit shell-shocked. They just lost their head coach. And it's hard enough to think, okay, now we have to start over with an interim head coach. And we have a game in six days. I... I just hope this team knows what they're doing. I just don't see the value in waiting on Dwayne Haskins. To hold a clipboard behind those two guys, I think he's much better suited to just start. I I think there's no downside to him starting at this point. Let him game plan. Let him get experience. And maybe that will be the case. It just When Callahan said that this afternoon in the press conference, it just really rubbed me the wrong way. Um... As J.P. Finley said, shocking to hear that. We'll see what happens over the next couple weeks. I will give this new interim head coach the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Again, he's eight hours into his coaching tenure for this season, and uh, I'm sure a lot of things were getting thrown his way. I am excited to see what these two can do. Um, Based off of what I've seen from Callahan, during training camp and the way he was working with the offensive line. You know, I think the guy's got a good work ethic. I hope he gains the respect of this locker room relatively quickly. I really hope that this team rallies around him because, listen, at the end of the day, these guys have dedicated their lives to this game, and no one wants to lose. No one wants to be 0-5. No one wants to continue losing. These guys all come from programs where they are accustomed to winning and to come in and start a season like this no one wants to go through that so I'm really hoping this team rallies behind uh, Bill Callahan I hope they rally behind Kevin O'Connell and as far as the defensive side we'll see what happens I just hope there's adjustments at halftime I hope this coaching staff reads the temperature of this team what they're capable of you know who they're going up against and make adjustments. I think Jay Gruden was just so scared of making adjustments on a week-to-week basis and got in his head about this is the way we're going to run this team despite the talent we have here and despite what they're capable of, this is the way we're going to run it. And, you know, he found in Alex Smith someone who could operate his offense in the way he wanted it to. And I don't think we have that in Case Keenum. I don't think Colt McCoy is close to where we need him to be to run an offense like that. So I'll be really interested to see what Kevin O'Connell has in store for this team and for these quarterbacks and receivers, and especially this run game. We've got to do something to get this run game going. 
So it's going to be an interesting couple weeks. Um, big week again up coming up in Miami. Uh, I mean, we are both winless. And for a team, you know, in Miami that looks like they're tanking, they're getting rid of every single one of their assets. They look like they're giving everything up to go 0-16 or, or to get that first pick. I mean, they have a couple games against us, a couple games against the Jets, um, where they are, you know, going to be going up against bad teams. And again, I, I really think like this, I think that this team is going to kind of rally together and really come out swinging this weekend. And I think they're going to go out, come out with a win. But honestly, who knows? I, at the beginning of the season, I thought we had a lot of gimme games. And at this point, I, I'm not even sure about Miami. I'm not sure about the Jets. Um, I'm, you know, when I, at one point, I thought the Bills and the Niners and the Lions were gimme games. At this point, who knows? Who knows? All we do know is that Jay Gruden is out. Bill Callahan is in. Kevin O'Connell's play calling. And I think everyone's kind of in a, a state of shock. You know, I know Chris Thompson was asked about it, and he just basically said, I, I don't know what Callahan can give us that Jay Gruden wouldn't give us. And, you know, speaking about Chris Thompson, when he was talking about Gruden last night after the game, before he knew that he was going to be fired, um, he broke down. I mean, he got very emotional because Jay was a big advocate for Chris Thompson. Uh, despite his injuries and despite all the stuff he went through, Jay Gruden really had a lot of belief in Chris Thompson. And, I mean, obviously it showed. They they featured him a lot, and he's a great athlete, but uh, he got very emotional about it. So I, I think some of these players either loved Gruden or they hated him. And the players that loved him, I'm sure, will be a little bit bitter for a few days. Uh, but hopefully they see the difference in coaching styles and the difference in who this coach is in uh, Callahan, and they rally behind him. I really hope that's the case. Um, yeah. Big moves at Redskin Park. Another big move which didn't happen today, which I really was hoping it would happen. Uh, Bruce Allen had a press conference today at 1 p.m. And, you know, the more I thought about it in the morning, I was like, man, I don't think Bruce Allen was going to get fired. Not that I don't think he deserves to be or that this team wouldn't do it, but I think him and Dan Snyder are far, far too close to one another for Bruce Allen to ever be fired. I think when the time comes... Dan will ask Bruce to step down and Bruce will step down for, you know, the betterment of the team and he'll come up with some righteous reason to do so. I honestly thought this press conference today was going to be Bruce Allen stepping down from the franchise. Um, I was sorely mistaken. Uh, Bruce Allen met with reporters and the media this afternoon and fielded questions uh, for, I believe, 14 minutes. Um and the media, I've got to hand it to them. They they went at him. They went at him. They hit him with some pretty hard questions. And Bruce Allen dodged and diverted attention and, you know, spoke around answers and was able to not really say anything significant while he was up there. I mean, there's definitely some 
grabs uh, uh, of quotes that he said. But overall, I mean, didn't really say anything. Uh, when he was asked about if he, you know, if he would apologize to this fan base for the last 10 years and, and the lack of winning, he completely avoided the question. And, you know, <laughs> it seemed like every question, and again, there were some really great questions by the media. Uh, and hats off to them to for asking those pointing questions, um, but Bruce just dodged all of them. Um, when asked about culture, he thought this team has a damn good culture at the moment. He points back to uh, being six and three last year before Alex went down, and just in general that this culture is is good. I mean, this is the same guy who over the off season said. We're going to get Trent back on this team. He's only going to play on this team, and that we're close. So once I realized he wasn't stepping down during this press conference, I, I quickly realized, well, we're not going to get anything from him. Um, and again, he did have some sound grabs, uh, but for the most part, we found out Callahan is the coach. Um, Callahan has decision-making power for who will be starting at quarterback and for coaching changes. And, yeah, that this team is dedicated to making the changes necessary to start winning. And whoever that may be, uh, coaching-wise, coming up, I guess we'll see. Um, So let's talk about coaching. We have Callahan as our interim coach for 2019. What happens at the end of the season? I mean, I, I'll tell you exactly what I'd love to see happen. I would love, and again, I, I don't necessarily need to see uh, Bruce Allen step down or resign, but I think this team desperately needs a general manager to run all football operations. So whether Bruce Allen steps down or this team hires a GM to take over all football operations, that needs to be step number one. Hire a GM who has decision-making power and can run this organization on the football side of things. Because right now we have Bruce making decisions, we have Dan Snyder being involved, and we have a head coach. I I feel like all three are fighting for power and fighting to design this roster. Once you bring in a GM and allow them to take power, have that person hire a coach a really good head coach and have that person bring in coordinators with the advisement and, you know, having the coach involved in the situation. That really needs to be the team's top priority is getting a top level football mind GM in the building and giving him decision-making powers. As far as coaches go, there's a ton of really, really good names out there. Um, and I was thinking about it earlier today. I don't know how many coaches are going to be replaced this year. I mean, of all the teams that are uh, winless, most of them have first-year coaches. And typically, it's not going to be a one-and-done. I'm sure we'll get one or two one-and-done or two-and-done coaches. But most of those coaches aren't going to go anywhere. I mean, in Miami, they're... They're rebuilding, and they're aware they're rebuilding, and they're not getting rid of him. Um, Arizona, they're very happy with their coach and and hopefully his development with the quarterback. Um, 
Jets. I mean, I can't imagine Adam Gase goes anywhere, but you never know. But other than the winless teams, I don't see too many coaches on the hot seat. I mean, a lot of these other coaches around the league, I, I was just trying to come up with other coaches that might be on the hot seat. Again, Jason Garrett may be in the hot seat. Mike Zimmer may be in the hot seat. Even Mike Tomlin might be in the hot seat. But um, I, I think the Redskins are poised to have potentially a, quite a few candidates come in for that head coaching job. Um, off the top of my head, who I'd love to see come in, uh, Lincoln Riley, I think would be a phenomenal uh, upgrade at the coaching position. He is turned himself into the quarterback whisperer, getting the last two uh, quarterbacks for his teams into Heisman candidacy and the first overall pick. Um, he's just got away with quarterbacks. And for a guy like Dwayne Haskins, I think he would design an entire system around him and bring him up to the franchise level that we need him to play at. And I'd really like to see what he'd be able to do at the NFL level. Uh, other college coaches, obviously Nick Saban would be uh, ridiculously good. I know he had uh, not great success last time he was in the NFL, but um, he's a much different coach than he was uh, way back then. Uh, Debo Swinney, um, Josh, uh, John Harbaugh, um, and then on the NFL level, I mean, there's a ton of coordinators who obviously will get the shot or get or at least get an interview. Uh, of course, Kevin O'Connell, um, the Kansas City offensive coordinator, Bierney, I think his name is, um, Todd Bowles, um, and then there's other head coaches or previous head coaches, uh, Mike McCarthy, um, and from what I've heard, uh, Dan Snyder is very high on Todd Bowles and Mike Tomlin and the offensive coordinator for Kansas City, so you know, I don't know where those reports are coming from, and uh, believe me, f- between now and the beginning of the offseason, I'm sure there will be well over 200 names thrown in the ring for head coaching possibilities for the Redskins. Um, but I- I've got a couple guys I'm going to keep my eye on. Um, obviously, most of which I, I notably I- I've mentioned here today. Um, but we've got a long time before that happens. We've got 11 more weeks I'm sorry, 12 more weeks in this regular season, then the playoffs, and then the entire offseason. So I just hope this team does the right thing, finds a competent GM, uh, a football mind that's well-respected around this league that will be able to draw head coaching candidates in, and even coordinators get a really good group of coaches in. Um, On the GM side, I couldn't even begin to tell you who, I mean... I'd love to see Joe Gibbs come in as an advisor to Snyder and hopefully bring in someone like uh, Lewis Reddick. Um, but we'll see. We have a long time before any of that happens. I just think it needs to happen. I really think Dan Snyder needs to bring in someone to take over operations and to give that person the power to run this team because we've seen it for the last about 20 years. When he's involved and he's making these decisions for big names or players that he likes with his gut, you know, it just doesn't work well for this team. You need to have someone fully responsible for that and, you know, a really smart football mind and coach involved in the decision-making, not just the owner and the team president. Um, 
so yeah, we'll see what happens with Bruce Allen. I, I do think at some point later this season, uh, early off season, I, I hope he steps down, especially with uh, over the last week, there was some news from the Washington, D.C., uh, the mayor of D.C., basically saying um, that she wants all teams within city limits and she wants to bring the Redskins back to possibly the RFK site, which speaks volumes to Bruce Allen's position. I know he's been kept around for so long because of his political connections and getting this team back into D.C., and I think that's something that Dan Snyder desperately would like to do, and hopefully there's an end in sight for that. Um, yeah. So, again, Redskins have a bad week. Lose 33-7 to to the New England Patriots. Um, to a game where, from what I've heard, it was 60-75% to Patriots fans. Um, and so much so that both Bill Belichick and Tom Brady uh, brought it up in their post-game presser about how impressed they were by the fans for traveling. Bruce Allen even brought it up. He complimented the New England fan base um, for being so loyal loyal to their team. And I don't know if it was a shot or not, but he said something along the lines of Redskins fans uh, selling their teams, probably made a lot of money selling their tickets, rather, to uh, New England fans this week. So, I mean, take it for what it is. Uh, Dan Snyder's got to see... He's got to be furious about that. I mean, I granted he's making money by Patriots fans, but, you know, he's losing this fan base, and he's got to see it, and he's got to hear this. I mean, he's got to hear the resounding hashtag of Fire Bruce Allen that's everywhere. I mean, he's got to understand that he's losing this fan base, and there is a path to get it back, and it is to give up control to a GM and have that person take over. Will he take that advice and will he do that is a whole nother story. Um, I mean, honestly, today was such a roller coaster of emotions. It was a whirlwind. The day starts bright and early. The first news I get in my day, Jay Gruden has been fired by this team. Then Callahan coming in as interim. And then you have the Bruce Allen press conference and, you know, kind of just takes the wind out a little bit and just brings you back to reality a little bit. And then you have the Bill Callahan and you find out Haskins isn't ready and that he's no intention of starting Haskins till later this year, early next year. And it's just, I don't know. I started so high and then uh, towards the afternoon and evening, I just got very down again. Um, But ultimately, we have taken a step in the right direction. Jay Gruden wasn't getting it done. This team needs something different. They need a change. Ultimately, the change needs to come from the top down, but the first change has been made. And we'll see what this team can do over the next couple weeks. We'll see what these players are really capable of. I think that Callahan is going to push them differently. I think that um, Kevin O'Connell is going to dial some stuff up a little bit differently. I think those guys are both really coaching to make a name for themselves and are going to just do enough differently that it leads to some success. Not a lot. I, I, I'm i kind of tampering my expectations for this team this season. Um, but I think there will be a noticeable change in this team over the next couple weeks. Um, 
So just looking at next week against Miami, uh, if I had to take a guess, they're in rebuilding mode. They, you know, uh, they are having issues with quarterback as well. Uh, started the year with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now they're on Josh Rosen. Um, they've been giving up players left and right for draft picks. So I don't know. We're three and a half point. Uh, uh, we, I'm sorry. Miami is three and a half point underdogs in this game. Um, I really think this team is going to try and dial up some stuff, some different things this week. So if I had to guess, uh, I'd say Redskins 28 to the 10, to, to Miami 10. That's, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. That'll be my prediction for this week. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. On to week six. So before I go, I just want to touch on one other item that was brought up uh, this afternoon when Bruce Allen was asked about Trent Williams and if the team had given any more thought to getting him back, trading him, what have you. Bruce Allen said uh, no, basically a flat no. Uh, The team has not been in contact with any other teams, and when asked if they were going to trade him, he said no, not at this time. Uh, which leads to another report I heard earlier today where basically it was said that Bruce Allen has informed Trent that they will sit him in this entire year and they will move him in January. Um, I get it. If this team is going to trade him, it very it's very unlikely that it will be for another player. Uh, and it will be for picks. And if it's for picks, it doesn't make a difference to this team, whether they trade him now or in January, I think they're going to try and maximize the capital that they can get for him. Um, so if they can get a deal done before the draft, great. But if not, they have no problem letting him sit for the entire year and trading him in January for additional picks. You would think that uh, an organization around the league that is actually in contention for making the playoffs would make a push to get him here or to get him on their team. Um, I guess this team is just looking for too much at the moment and hopefully someone gets desperate enough and, you know, we can get something for him this year. Um, But again, it won't affect us till next draft anyway. So one way or another, I feel like the team will get their pound of flesh for Trent. Um, But we will see what happens with this whole thing. I think I've come to the decision where talking about it week in and week out is getting me nowhere but more upset at the entire situation i'm sure you guys are tired of it uh you know my ongoing segment which is the trent williams situation um so yeah i I think for a little while maybe i'll take a break on it until there's some actual news one way or another on trent williams uh it's silly to keep talking about it the guy doesn't want to be here he doesn't want to be here i can't do anything about it these coaches can't do anything about it the front office can do something about it. They just seem to refuse to do something about it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, that's it, guys. I mean, I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, if you have any feedback, please let me know. I'd absolutely love to hear from you guys. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying what I'm doing here. I spend a lot of time and I try and 
create the best product I can for you guys. Uh, I really enjoy doing this, and I hope you enjoy what I'm doing here. Uh, if you do, please leave a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure you subscribe, uh, whether it be on Apple Podcast or wherever you guys listen. Uh, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you can get apps. I'm, I'm trying to get there as well. Uh, but I am available a lot of places. Um, I'd really appreciate it if you guys told a friend or someone else. Uh, again, I'm, I'm just trying to build as big an audience as I can. Uh, trying to be heard by as many people as I can. Um, so yeah, uh, like, rate, review, subscribe, leave a comment, um, leave a review, whatever it takes. It really just goes a long way in helping me reach more people, reach a wider audience. And again, I, I do hope you guys are enjoying what I'm doing here. Um, so again, thank you for everything. Uh, thank you for the support. If you guys are on Twitter, please follow me at HTTRChamps. Till next time.